welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So I want to start today's episode with a question. Why do people do what they do? What drives behavior? Let me hit you with a couple more questions. Why do some people train for a marathon for a year and then run the marathon? Why do some people go to jobs that they hate year after year for 50 years? And why do some people in the same organization work really, really hard while others do as little as possible? Why do people do what they do? Well, the answer is a one-word answer, and it's motivation. Motivation. Understanding motivation is important for guiding our own behavior to achieve our goals and Understanding motivation also will help us as private school leaders understand what drives other people's behavior to want to meet their goals and to meet our goals for our schools. And so we're talking about on today's episode, motivation as it relates to our teachers. And so I want to ask you again, why do people do what they do? And if you start with the basics, humans, like any other animal, we just have a foundational desire to survive, and that's our motivation. And so we seek food and water and shelter and clothing. And then on a higher level, we want reward. We want to seek reward and avoid punishment. You know all about that. You learned that in Psych 101. And then within management and leadership, that gave rise to to the carrot and the stick. You know, you've got the carrot that is the enticement and the stick, which is the thing that you're poking them to try to motivate them. You reward the behavior that you want and you punish the behavior that you don't want. And so you know all about that. You've learned about that. But we know that that system worked well in the industrial age because people worked in factories and it was easy to measure. You know, you made this many widgets and you got this much money and if you made more midgets the uh, widgets then you got more money and you had these extrinsic rewards for routine tasks but here's the thing when it comes to our schools success is hard to measure and now we're in the information economy and now we are in the attention economy and we're in the service economy And we know that motivation with carrots and sticks is very, very outdated. And so you want your teachers to be highly motivated. You want your teachers to look forward to coming to school and then work hard every single day. And you also want your teachers to love their jobs and find fulfillment and meaning so that they will keep coming back to your school year after year. But how do we do that? Well, On today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to discuss the surprising truth 
about what really motivates your teachers. The surprising truth about what really motivates your teachers. And before we jump into today's topic, I want to give you a free gift just to say thanks for listening to the podcast. I've created a free guide for you called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. We know that working with parents is part of the job. And most of our parents are great, but some of them can be very demanding and emotional and difficult. And this guide will give you the tools you need to build better relationships and have better meetings with the difficult parents at your school. And so head over to theprivatescolleader.com slash parents and grab this guide, the five strategies to help you work with difficult parents, theprivatescolleader.com slash parents. And thank you again for listening every week. And I'd love to ask for a favor. Could you please write a review of this podcast wherever you listen to the podcast? The reviews help the algorithm push this content out to more leaders. I would just love to get this message out all over the world. We've got listeners in 52 countries now. And just to have that algorithm push this content out there, we can get this message out and we can help private school leaders all over the world. And I'd also love to hear from you. If you're implementing any of the strategies you've learned on the podcast or you have a pain point that might be a great idea for a future episode, just shoot me an email at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And thanks as always for listening to the podcast. All right. So I want to talk about motivation today, motivating our teachers and what we get wrong about that and what we get right. But the real surprising reason that the thing that motivates our teachers. And I some of the things that we're going to talk about today, I've pulled from one of the most um, successful books ever written about motivation, and that's the book Drive by Daniel Pink. You've probably heard of it. I will um, link it in the show notes. But in his book Drive, Daniel Pink says, much of what we know about motivation is wrong. So that's a great way to start off talking about a topic is to say, well, everything you think you know is wrong. But before, um, I was talking about the old ways of motivating employees and how that just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work because we're in the information economy and the attention economy and we're no longer in the industrial age when the, sure, there's still factories out there and there's still assembly lines. Most of that is automated now, but ultimately we know that in our schools that our teachers are motivated in much different ways than with just salary and benefits. And I'm sure that you've heard that a lot of the research shows that when it comes to what motivates employees, that money is rarely the top thing on the list. And what does this new attention economy and information economy require? Well, it requires thinking skills and creativity and collaboration and problem solving and long-term thinking and juggling multiple priorities and just a long list of things that you can think of that your teachers need to be agile and just be able to do all of these different things and differentiation and parent communication and just a wide range of skills, emotional intelligence, the list goes on. But as private school leaders, I think we sometimes get caught in the trap of thinking that if we just make teacher salaries higher, that that will fix the motivation problem in our school. 
but we ignore things. If we think that way, then we are ignoring things like morale and culture, and we're ignoring some of the things that we're going to talk about in today's episode. Here's the thing. Yes, we should always be working harder to increase teacher salaries, but the research suggests that extrinsic rewards harm all of the qualities that we want our teachers to display the most. The things I was talking about, the creativity and the collaboration and the long-term thinking and all of those kinds of things can be harmed by really, really focusing on the extrinsic award rewards. And in fact, the research that Daniel Pink cites in his book shows that rewards can decrease creativity and narrow focus. It narrows the focus on this for that. I'll do this task for this amount of money. That, that also focusing on rewards can encourage people to, to cheat or think short term or to exploit the incentive system or to keep that little black book and to, you know, instead of staying late and, and doing the job and, um, and staying with it until the job is done, then it becomes this looking around at everybody else. And like I said, keeping a little black book of who's arriving when and who's getting a stipend for that and just all of that kind of thinking. Rewards can also decrease internal motivation to do a good job and rewards are not enduring. People get used to them. And then if you take them away, they stop the behavior. So I'm not saying that rewards are a bad idea. I'm not saying that rewards don't work. Of course, we're going to continue to pay our teachers, but we're going to and we're going to continue to pay them as as good of a salary as we can and the benefits and the paid time off and things of that nature. But what I would challenge you to do is to really start thinking about motivation as it relates to our teachers in our schools. And this applies to other staff as well, your office staff, your kitchen staff, your um, maintenance staff, your security team, your bus drivers, your coaches. But I'm focused kind of on teachers right now in this episode because that's the majority of our staff, our teachers and, um, you know, assistants and and aides and um, people that do push-in support, things of that nature. And so, again, I want to delve into this a little deeper, but I want to challenge you to just have an open mind and kind of think differently about motivation. So, again, according to... Um, Daniel Pink's book, Drive, he says that all tasks are one of two things. They're either algorithmic, where you pretty much do the same thing over and over and over in a certain way, and there's a prescribed way to do it. So think assembly line or think a, a task that would involve a sewing machine or you know a, a task that's very, very repetitive. So that's algorithmic. Or tasks are are heuristic and you have to come up with something new every time because there's no set instructions to follow and doesn't that sound like our teachers every day is different we say that sometimes about our jobs as private school leaders well teachers say that too no matter what age they teach in our schools every day is different this kid who has, is well-behaved and, and rocks it with um, their, their effort in their academics, 
now they they've come in two days in a row and and they seem really upset and they're not they're not producing and and you know every day every kid every situation is different i always say everyone has stuff it's just different stuff that comes up on different days at different times in different ways and that's the life of a teacher and that's the life of a private school leader and so it's definitely when we look at our teachers that they fall in the category of heuristic tasks and we know that that carrot and stick approach to motivation is flawed and what the research has shown is is that extrinsic rewards can be very effective for algorithmic tasks so if there's a repetitive task that depends on following an existing formula and you know what you need to do and you do the th same thing over and over and over again to its logical conclusion that extrinsic rewards and increasing those extrinsic rewards can be very motivating for those kinds of tasks but here's the big one <laughs> and you already know where this is going is is that for the heuristic tasks for those right brain tasks those that demand the flexible problem solving and being inventive and agile and and using the that decision making and the conceptual understanding that when all of those the the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness and all those things that happen in the course of just one lesson in our private schools that those extrinsic rewards if this then that those can be dangerous and they can be ineffective and so how do we want to get to the bottom of this well if we really want to motivate our teachers, we have to focus on the complexity of what they do every single day. So stay with me here. The complexity of what they do every single day, and I just, uh, I just gave you some examples of that, and all you would have to do is sit and think for a moment about one of your teachers and about the whether it's the same students in their class all day in early childhood or lower school, or if it's different kids coming through that classroom all day long in intermediate or middle or upper school, it is a complex array of tasks, responsibilities, interactions, outcomes, decisions, you name it. So if we focus on the complexity of their day, then really what we're going to remember and, and what's going to move this forward in our understanding is remember what we're doing here. Let me just pause for a second, take a quick sidebar and pause. What are we doing? We're trying to get to the bottom of what really motivates our teachers, what works. Isn't it frustrating when you do something, you think it's going to work? I know this happened during COVID sometimes where we would at our school, we would do something and we thought that the teachers were going to respond well to it and then they didn't. And I think a lot of that had to do with in the midst of COVID, everyone was just, we were all kind of the worst version of ourselves and we were scared and all that kind of stuff. But this isn't just a COVID thing. Like there's been times, um, you know, in my, over my career of 30 plus years where, you know, I, we, the board and I, or, or an idea that I had that we thought that oh, the teachers are going to love this. And, and what happened? We know what happened. They hated it. And so well, the way to move forward and the way to get to the bottom of this and the way to make a difference is to focus on the three innate psychological needs and then 
we'll take that and then we'll focus on the new approach to motivation and the three essential elements that Pink talks about in his book, Drive, and then we'll apply it to teachers. So that's what we're going to do in the second half of this episode. We've kind of set it all up here. And now we're going to talk about the three basic psychological needs of our teachers. And then we're going to talk about the three essential elements of motivation for our teachers, according to Daniel Pink's book, Drive, and give some examples. And then hopefully that will help us as we lead our schools and lead our teachers. Okay, so here we go. Self-determination theory. You've probably heard of that before, Psych 101. Um, But just as a reminder, we have, as human beings, three innate psychological needs, competence, autonomy, and relatedness. So let's just hit those uh, quickly. Autonomy, the feeling that one has choice and willingly endorsing one's behavior. So choice. And you, you have some agency when it comes to your own behavior. So autonomy is a basic psychological need that leads to motivation. And then competence, the experience of mastery and being effective in one's activity. We want to feel competent in something. We want to feel like we have agency. We want to feel like we're good at something. And then the third is relatedness. And so relatedness is just what you would think it is, the need to feel connected and belong with others, a feeling of belongingness with others, being part of a group, part of a community, part of something bigger than ourselves. And so think about how powerful it is when those three things exist. Don't think about your teachers right now. Just think about yourself for a second, okay? You've got some agency. You've got some autonomy. You've got some... Um, independence, you've got some ability to have your behavior lead to certain outcomes and you're in control of that, okay? And then you feel like you're good at something and you lean into that and then you feel like you're part of something. That can be incredibly motivating. And hopefully, my hope for you is is that as as a private school leader, as you lead your school, that you have those things or in various amounts, those needs are being met and helping motivate you to do what you do every day, because what you do every day is very, very difficult. So the research shows that the secret to high performance is not our biological drive, and it's not even our reward and punishment drive. It is our third drive, which is a desire to direct our own lives, extend and expand our abilities, and live a life of purpose. And I'm going to hit you with that quote again. So a quote from, um, again, from Drive, Daniel Pink, it'll be linked in, the book will be linked in the notes, theprivatescoolleader.com slash episode 67. Where we're going is to apply these basic teachings to motivating our teachers. We'll do that in just a second. But here's the quote. We are motivated by a deep-seated desire to direct our own lives extend and expand our abilities and live a life of purpose. And so if we really want our teachers to be highly motivated and happy and fulfilled and excited to come to work and work really hard and stick around for years, then we need to think about motivation differently. And the way we're going to think about it is through the lens of the three essential elements of autonomy, mastery, and purpose. 
And so this is a slightly different take on the self-determination theory, but we're going to just take one at a time, and then I'll give you several examples of how we can actually see this lived out in our schools with our teachers, all right? So again, according to Pink um, in his book, Drive, the approach to motivation has three essential elements. How are we gonna motivate our teachers? We're gonna lean into autonomy, mastery, and purpose. All right, so what does that look like? Autonomy, first of all. So I'm big on, I tell my teachers all the time that I'm big on autonomy with accountability. I want them to use their talents and their abilities to teach their lessons, to meet the students' needs, to do the things that they know how to do. They went to school, they have the teaching experience, but then there's the accountability part. So my point is, I'm not asking for lesson plans from my teachers every day, every week. I know what they're doing. I'm in and out of their classrooms enough to know what they're doing. But when teachers feel micromanaged, they don't feel like they have autonomy and they are not motivated when they're micromanaged, okay? So one of the ways we can do this, autonomy and that desire to direct our own lives, one of the ways we can do this with our teachers is to just give them more autonomy in the classroom. Allow them flexibility in choosing the teaching methods and designing lesson plans and implementing innovative approaches and encourage them to take ownership of their teaching style and their classroom environment and their classroom discipline. And you're like, well, of course, like, of course I want them to do that. Okay, but here's the problem is, is that sometimes, actually most of the time, one of the big problems with leadership in the world and in North America in particular is, is that people get promoted to a leadership position many times because they've stuck around for a long time. And so let's say, I've used this example before in a previous episode, but I'll use it again. Let's say that there's a nurse in a pediatric ward and he or she is, um, has been there for 13 years. And there's a position that opens up for uh, director of the pediatric ward, the nursing director, and that person is promoted to that position. What they know how to do very, very well is to be a pediatric nurse. But if that particular hospital has not trained them in how to be a leader, how to lead people, how to resolve conflicts, how to motivate, how to encourage, how to inspire, then what that person's going to do is micromanage the nurses on the pediatric ward on that floor. So the person who has stuck around, who gets promoted because they've stuck around, but doesn't know how to lead, is gonna micromanage the people that they're in charge of. Because that's what's comfortable, and that's what they know how to do. And so it's gonna be about how to put in this IV, and how to put on that diaper, and how to um, reposition this incubator, and just all of the things that would happen in a pediatric ward in a hospital. And not leading the pediatric ward of that hospital. So why am I telling you this? Well, most of us came up through the ranks as teachers. And if we're not confident in our ability to lead teachers, then what we find ourselves doing sometimes is micromanaging the stuff I was just talking about. Their teaching methods, their lesson plans, their 
innovative approaches to teaching. And maybe that doesn't align with the way that we taught when we were in the classroom. And you, you, you get what I'm saying. So autonomy is important. And I think we have to check ourselves before we smother our teachers. And so what we're looking for is the ability to thread the needle between autonomy with accountability and just indifference and not paying attention and the teachers doing whatever they want and feeling unsupported. And so we can do that. And one of the ways to do that is to be visible, to be supportive, to know what's going on, to have those conversations. But number one, how we're going to motivate our teachers is to give them more autonomy and in particular autonomy with accountability. All right. So number two of these essentials, number one's autonomy. Number two is mastery. And mastery, of course, is the urge to get better at something that matters. Get better at something that matters. So how do you do that with your teachers? Well, it's important for your school, for you as the leader to support their continuous professional development. And that's not just them going to conferences. That is the effort and attention and financial resources that you put into PD days. Are your PD days kind of a waste of time? Or are they robust and meaningful? And that's something that's really hard for private schools to get right is the when we have PD days. I've been there, you've been there, but we want to support them in those communal professional development opportunities and then also individually. And so we want to provide opportunities for our private school teachers to enhance their skills and attend workshops and collaborate with colleagues and have time to plan. And But we also want to recognize and celebrate their achievements and foster a culture of ongoing learning and improvement. So when someone reaches a milestone, when someone takes a course, when someone finishes their master's degree, like that's worthy of acknowledgement and celebration because we're shining a light on the fact that this is what matters at our school. And then what about our SMART goals? Um, goals that people set for themselves that are devoted to attaining mastery are usually really, really healthy goals that they really, really care about and really, really work hard towards. But goals that are imposed by others can sometimes have dangerous side effects like just stifling the effort altogether. And so whether you call them SMART goals or whatever you call them at your school, think about goals through the lens of mastery. And remember that autonomy piece can also live in this mastery realm that we don't want the, you know, again, if you have a marginal teacher and they're really, classroom management is really poor, you're not going to let them just choose whatever they want and none of them will be a classroom management goal. That's not what I'm saying. But as much as you can to have the teacher be able to have a lot of agency in setting those goals with your support and then you are helping your teachers grow professionally. And I'll say one last thing on this point about mastery and helping your teachers grow. And that is that early in my career, probably the first 10 years, I was always worried that the more PD and the more degrees and the more um, trainings and the more skill that this person built, this teacher built, that the more likely they were to leave and go use their skills someplace else. 
they would make themselves more marketable for the public school job or for the more um, or the, for that private school that has higher salaries. And I was always worried I was going to lose my teachers. And I think that that impacted my attitude about professional development. We've got to get past that. Our kids are worth it. Our parents are working hard to earn money to pay their tuition dollars, and they should get the best, most, the highest quality teachers that we can possibly provide. And then if they stay, they stay. But here's the thing. They're so much more likely to stay if we help them grow. And every once in a while, someone's going to leave, and we can't do anything about that. But please, please, please don't make the mistake that I did, which is to kind of do a lousy job with PD because you're worried about losing teachers. Teachers who see that the school wants to invest in them in the long run are more likely to stay than those who feel like the school has nothing to offer as far as their career development. All right, and then finally, number three, we've got these essentials for motivation according to Daniel Pink in his book, Drive, Autonomy, Mastery, and Purpose. So purpose is the yearning to do what we do in the service of something larger than ourselves. And isn't that why we became teachers, why we became private school leaders, is because we yearn to do something that's in the service of something larger than ourselves. These kids, they're worth it. And so our teachers, they are connected to this larger purpose. But we have to remind them and continue to acknowledge it that what they do is connected to that larger purpose. And we need to emphasize the impact that they have on students' lives and the community, whether that's verbally, whether that's in the uh, daily memo or in the weekly parent newsletter or whatever. We need to be acknowledging, propping up, tooting the horn, shining the spotlight, whatever you want to say about our teachers. We need to shine a light on that, anything that they're doing, that we in any way can connect their work to a larger purpose, connect their work to the impact that they're having on the lives of kids, and communicate the school's mission and values regularly as leaders, that's our job, to remind the teachers of the meaningful contributions that they're making to the education and the growth of these students. And then also to just have, when an alumnus comes back, and I mean, that's one of the greatest things that happens at our school. We only go up to eighth grade, and so kids will come back in high school, but especially when they come back when they're in college or when they're out of college, and, and they're just rocking it. They're having these amazing lives and they want to come back and see the teachers. And that's huge. That's that connection to that larger purpose, that making a difference, that compelling why, the big reason why we do what we do. Teachers want to teach. Teachers want to impact children's lives. And we want to continue to remind them how big of a difference they're making. And that will continue to motivate them very, very much when it comes to how hard it is to be a teacher in a private school and with the many demands and the many hats that they wear and then dealing with the parents and all that. What makes it worth it? The kids and the transformation that they see from point A to point B. And I would also add 
that we really, really need to emphasize this with our lower school and our early childhood teachers, because sometimes it's easier to see when you're in middle school and upper school the results, quote unquote, than it is when they're little. And so we're going to make sure that we connect what they do to the larger purpose and remind them of the impact that they have on the kids. So autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So what are the big takeaways from today's episode? When his book, Drive, Daniel Pink says, much of what we know about motivation is wrong. And in self-determination theory, we are reminded that we have three innate psychological needs. That's competence, autonomy, and relatedness. We know that the old ways of using the carrot and the stick don't work anymore with the knowledge economy and the attention economy and the service economy. And if we really want to motivate our teachers and we really want to have them be happy and fulfilled and and working hard and focused, then we have to lean into remembering how complex their jobs are and what they do every single day. And remember that the research shows that the secret to high performance is our deep-seated desire to direct our own lives, extend and expand our abilities, and live a life of purpose. And then finally, how we're going to motivate our teachers is with autonomy in their teaching. And we're not going to micromanage them. We're going to support them. We're going to let them use that creativity with mastery. We're going to lean into professional development and help them grow at something that matters. And then purpose. Remind them that what they do has meaning and impact. And that will motivate our teachers in ways that will be like a high tide, which raises all the boats at our school. And so I like to end every episode with a call to action. And what I would ask you to do is to just take 10 minutes sometime in the next week and think about these three words, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Think about your teachers and what's one action that you could take to increase their motivation by focusing on that area. So again, 10 or 15 minutes in the next week, think about your teachers, think about these three words, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. What's one action that you could take that would increase teachers' motivation because of your emphasizing that one area with them? All right, so let's wrap it up. Um, If you got value from this podcast in any way, this episode or any episode, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And let me know about a strategy that you used or a pain point that you're dealing with right now. I'd also encourage you to head over to theprivateschoolier.com slash resources to find a bunch of free resources there for you to help you grow as a private school leader. And please subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. The notes, the show notes for today's episode can be found at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 67. A new episode comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the podcast so the algorithm can push this out as suggested content to leaders all over the world. 
And you can connect with me on Instagram at the private school leader or on Twitter at the PS leader. And if you got value from this episode or from any episode, please share this podcast with a leader in your life or an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say that I appreciate you. I appreciate the amazing work that you're doing as you lead and serve at your school. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I'll see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.